my advice would be give it a go. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you're 30, 40, however old you are. Um, if you're willing to learn, then people are willing to teach you. And if you're not cut out for it and, you know, it doesn't work out for you, it's not the end of the world. At least you know that you tried. And if you didn't give it a go, you know, you'd be sitting there in another five or so years thinking, oh, I wish I wish I did go up north and see what it was all about. You're listening to the Central Station Podcast, where we bring you true stories of what life in the outback is really like and why many wouldn't live anywhere else. So pull up a stump, pop the billy on, or crack a cold one as we talk to the men and women who call some of the most remote parts of Australia home. Welcome back to the Central Station Podcast. My name is Steph Coombs and I'm your host. Have you ever wanted to work on a cattle station but you just weren't sure how to get there? Maybe you thought you didn't have the right skills or enough skills to be able to go straight into the job. Well, then today's episode is for you. In today's episode, I'm talking to Alison Haynes and Kiralee Thompson. Alison is the team leader at the Charles Darwin University Catherine Rural Campus, a facility designed to teach people the skills they need to work on a cattle station. And Kira Lee is the very first recipient of the Central Station Scholarship. Kira Lee won a scholarship in 2019 to attend the pre-employment course. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about a couple of different training options, whether you want to go and learn on the campus at the residential college, or if you want to learn on the station, but get signed off and accredited for the skills you have. Designed for Australia's harsh and demanding conditions, Pioneer water tanks are manufactured using strong and durable, fully recyclable Australian zinc alum or Colourbond steel. Their range of tanks are available from 12,000 to 250,000 litres in the standard range or can be custom built up to 2.6 million litres. To protect your valuable water assets and access it where and when you need it, insist on Pioneer Water Tanks, available Australia-wide. First up, I'm talking to Alison Haynes, the team leader at the Catherine Rural College. My name is Alison Haynes. I'm the team leader for the Agriculture and Rural Operations team here at the Charles Darwin University Catherine Rural Campus. We provide training in agriculture and rural operations and we have a 4,400 hectare working farm and cattle property about 16 kilometres north of Catherine. Uh, the Start in the Farm provides an on-site training facility to prepare students for employment. We do some induction training for outside companies and we do short course training in a variety of areas. We have a cattle herd of around five to 600 head, including a Brahmin stud, a commercial Brahmin herd, uh, and we have a horsemanship training facility as well, so we've got a, a plant of horses here. There's accommodation facilities for up to 100 people. We have a kitchen, dining room, um, classrooms, workshop, conference facilities. We have a pool and a tennis court. So, Alison, can you tell me about the courses that you deliver at the rural campus? And I also understand that you deliver some courses or accreditation off campus as well. So, in 2020, we're actually looking at running two residential courses depending on the numbers of applications that we get. We run an agriculture pre-employment course, which is basically six weeks face-to-face -face training at the Catherine Rural Campus, followed by a four-week work placement on an industry cattle property. This course is designed to prepare potential employees for living and working on the remote cattle station, a safe space for someone to come and uh, get some experience and an idea of what the industry is all about in a supported environment. Uh, so the training is based around day-to-day -day activities that would be carried out on working cattle stations. At the campus, the students are involved in basic fencing, stock water supplies, cattle handling and husbandry, horse handling and care, basic horse riding, mechanical maintenance and machinery and ATV operation. And then we're actually looking at running a full certificate too in rural operations, which is tied in with the pre-employment course, but it will go for longer. Uh, so the first block starts on the 14th of April, which is directly after Easter, and runs until the end of June or mid-June. And uh, then those students, as part of the pre-employment course, if they 
gain employment and go out into the industry, we run traineeship programs on a number of properties across the Northern Territory. We have students out on the stations that undertake uh, Certificate 2, 3 and 4 in agriculture or Certificate 2 and 3 in rural operations. Uh, so that would be our hope that if people out of the pre-employment course gain employment on one of the stations that we service, we would be able to finish their qualification under a workplace traineeship. For those that want to uh, complete the full certificate to rural operations at the campus, we would have a term break um, of about a month around July and then come back and finish the qualification in August. Although at this stage and depending on our student numbers, there would be opportunity for some of the people uh, in the course to apply to be part of our stud cattle uh, showing program at the Catherine Darwin Shows uh, or the horse showing student program at the Catherine Darwin Shows because we will have vet in school students uh, undertaking those units at that time. So for people that are already working on cattle stations, I think particularly in the Northern Territory, I understand there's opportunities for them to get accredited and signed off for their competency and their skills through your um, university as well. Is that right? Yes, we do. We do have, as I mentioned, the, the workplace traineeships, uh, which can be solely in the workplace or they can be a combination of workplace and short course training. And for all our qualifications, we also offer recognition of prior learning. So if you are, if you have three or four, five years experience on a cattle station, you can apply for recognition of prior learning with us and we will, uh, assuming that the property is in, within our service area, we can come out and uh, work with you to gain your qualifications that way. Okay, so if there was a cattle station listening that um, had a crew and none of them have, had been to Ag College or had any certificates but they wanted to get signed off or, and also get a, a little bit of extra training, they can contact the college and you guys would come out and do you just come out and assess or do you come out and provide some training as well? We're pretty flexible in, in what we do depending on on the student and, and the employer. So uh, a lot of what we do on station is workplace assessment. So people under the workplace traineeships signed up to a relevant qualification and then the assessors go out to them on the station five times a year and they do assessment visits with them five times a year. And that also the students, while they're on station, have theory assessments and things to complete. Uh, RPL is the same. The, the assessors will come out to the, to the stations, but it's also uh, on the student to gather as much, gather the required evidence uh, to submit towards their RPL and submit it to the to the trainers for assessment that way. So what is one piece of advice you'd give to anybody listening who is considering coming to Catherine to do either the pre-employment or Cert 2 on campus, the residential uh, schools, or if they're actually already working on a cattle station and they're thinking about getting um, signed off for the skills that they have? Uh, I think probably to... To call us and have a conversation with us because sometimes the websites or the course flyers can be a little bit hard to understand or hard to negotiate uh, and there are a number of um, funding options or remote area subsidies that people may be eligible for but it's really on a case-by-case basis so we you know have to work out with each person what what they may or may not be eligible for and also uh, on the course flyers, there's more there's more that we deliver than is on the course flyers, and it's actually really quite flexible depending on which qualification that you do. Uh, we really do tailor the units delivered, especially for workplace training. We really do tailor the units that we deliver to what that person is actually doing in the workplace. You can do a combination. I mean, you can do a combination of workplace assessment, face-to-face training, RPL, like it doesn't all have to be one thing. If you're doing a full qualification, some of the units you might be able to do recognition of prior learning, some of the units you might be able to attend face-to-face training. A good example is the chemicals uh, accreditation, use and handling short course that we do and other things, you know, can be assessed in the workplace. This might sound like a silly question, but what is the value in somebody getting these qualifications versus just going out and learning on the job and never actually getting signed off for any of this stuff? So in the agriculture or pastoral 
industry, the formal qualifications are not a legal requirement the way that they are in the trades industry. So, i.e., like you have to be, you have to have an electrician's trade to be employed as an electrician. It's not like that uh, in agriculture or the pastoral industry. You don't have to have the qualifications. But, you know, in the last 10 years, there's been a, a greater, or even longer, there's been a greater industry focus on, on staff training and upskilling and long-term staff retention. So formal qualifications are, are more valued in addition to the workplace experience. I wouldn't say one's valued more than the other. I think a combination of both is valued most uh, because it just means that, you know, you can be sure that that person has a, an industry standard skills and knowledge up to a certain level. So our training programs develop, develop the skills and knowledge from the ground up. Um, so why do we, why do, we do that? Uh, why, do the, why do the pastoral companies look for that? It's about staff retention, also about workplace safety uh, and understanding of the tasks that can be high risk. Uh, it's a better development of the day-to-day and the hands-on skills actually needed in the workplace understanding the workplace and its requirements. Yeah, I absolutely agree with everything you've just said there, especially the part about having, and, and that analogy was really great about how if you're a tradie, you have to have, you have to have demonstrated competency to a certain standard, whereas in our industry, you don't. And I think it's really important when you're learning skills, particularly when you're working in such, you know, I don't want to put anyone off, but a dangerous environment, you know, you've got other humans, you've got machinery, you've got livestock, Especially, and especially with the privilege of being able to perform animal husbandry procedures like castrating, dehorning, it's really important that we practice best practice. And while a lot of people that learn on the job are taught best practice, there's no, I suppose, um, regulation or, um, you know, no one's being audited to make sure that, that you are actually being taught the correct way. You just get taught what you're taught and you have to take it at face value. Whereas by getting signed off, you know that this is the national standard and that you're being taught at that standard. Um, I, yeah, I just think that's really important because there would be nothing worse, I think, than if you've got all these people out there doing these skills to different – I mean, obviously, some people will be better than others at things, but we all need to have the same minimum level. You don't want anybody kind of I – I just think there's a bit of a risk there if, if somebody's not being taught to do something right. It's a risk to their safety and to others' safety and, and to the industry, I suppose. Absolutely, I totally agree with you on that, Steph. Uh, and there is a, in, in, as in anything, there is an industry uh, best practice or a base standard. And, you know, and then like anything to do with livestock, it will differ the, maybe the, the basic um, ways of doing things will differ a little bit from property to property. Uh, but we need to make sure that we're all providing a, a minimum standard of care. So there might be one way of doing something that's equally as good as, as the other, uh, but we need to make sure that um, across the board we are doing our best uh, practice. And I think also when you do the training, whether even if you're getting signed off for RPL or doing the on-the-job training, you do get that extra information about those units of competency that you're getting signed off for. So it's not just I'm out here being taught how to service a motor car or castrate something or, or you know, maintain a water point. You've actually got that knowledge, you know, paperwork there so that you get a bit more of the theory behind it in the background. So it's not, oh, this is just how you change a tyre. It's like, well, this is why you do this and this is how these bits all work together. So I think that also prepares, gives people um, – so I, I think for me – especially like something I really valued when I was at the college is you're learning castrating. It's not just as simple as, oh, well, you just come here, cut this, do this, and then it's done. It's, well, this is how, this is where the, the, the blood is, you know, the, the veins or the, you know, the blood flow. And this is why we do it this way. And this is why you like, there was just so much more explanation about it as to why you do it the way you do it and what to look for and how to problem solve, not just here, do this. And that's how it's done. Yeah. And I think that's something that we do pick up really well in, in, in our training programs, uh, is the animal welfare and, and the extra knowledge about why people are doing what they're doing. One of the best examples that I've probably got around that is, oh, it must have been 2013 um, when I was working in the workplace program. I was out on station um, and I was working with 
quite an experienced person. Uh, but when I asked them um, what botulism vaccine or what botty vaccine was, they couldn't tell me what it was or what it did or what, what botulism was as a, a disease or a toxin or what it did to the animal. They just knew that they had to give it to every animal. And they were really good at giving it to every animal, but they didn't actually have a great understanding of the illness that the vaccine prevented or why they you know, why they were doing it and what the effects on production would have been and that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think the, the memory that always stands out for me at the college is we were doing our water point maintenance unit. And before that, when I'd worked on stations, I'd only ever just gone and, you know, checked a bore um, or checked the tank, cleaned a trough. But I remember learning about how to calculate how much water animals need, especially at different physiological stages. So whether it's a cow, like a dry cow or a wet cow. Um, and then how many heads you've got there, how big the trough is, how big the tank is, and then like how big your pipe is and what you need to be able to refill. Like it was about the, the flow rate or I couldn't tell you the actual numbers now, but I remember like, yeah. and I just never even thought about that side of things. Like it was just, oh, just go clean. It's not about, oh, well, we've got this many head or we've shifted some cattle here and we're going to need to be able to, you know, refill the water this fast or have this size of a tank, which I just think, yeah, it was just a really good background knowledge that makes you think and I think prepares you to, especially if you want to stay in this industry long-term and want to progress, it just takes you from just kind of going out and doing tasks to actually kind of thinking, being a bit more switched on and thinking about things. Yeah, no, I would, I would definitely agree with that. Central Station is actually going to be sponsoring two students to go to the Rural College this year and we'll have more details at the end of this episode. But for anybody that is interested, Alison, where is the best place they can find some information? Uh, also, although I should say on our website, we do have the information. But most importantly, when is the cutoff date? Because you don't want to miss out. <laughs> Trust me, you don't want to miss out. So applications for the both the pre-employment uh, and the Certificate 2 in Rural Operations of Residential Programs will close on the 9th of March. It's Monday the 9th of March. And uh, after that, we'll be interviewing people that have applied. So, yeah, if you have any questions or you want to apply, the main campus number here is 0889 uh, or yeah, the information on the Central Station uh, website. Yeah, and we'll put those phone numbers and links in the show notes of um, these, this episode as well. And if people, you know, if they want to ring me for a chat before they apply, if they have questions, you know, they're more than welcome to, to ring up and have a chat with us uh, if they have any questions either before or during the, the application process. Brilliant. Thank you for your time, Alison. Thank you, Steph. Charles Darwin University's Agricultural and Rural Operations team focuses on North Australian production and business systems, offering current real-world knowledge and experience by delivering both full qualifications and industry-required short courses. Courses at the rural campus are designed to develop the skills required for work on a North Australian beef cattle property or in the top-end ag industry while providing a sound knowledge base in the pastoral and agricultural industries. They have dedicated staff who specialise in workplace training and assessment and recognition of prior learning. They will come to you and service some of the most remote areas in the Northern Territory. Find out more at cdu.edu.au. Next up, I'm talking to Kiralee Thompson, who not only completed the pre-employment program at the Catherine Royal College in 2019, she was also the very first recipient of the Central Station Scholarship. My name's Kiralee Thompson. I'm from a small coastal town in New South Wales called Nelson Bay. Uh, before I came up to study at the Rural College, I was a vet, veterinary nurse, um, we mainly just did small animals, so dogs, cats, the odd chicken and rabbit, that kind of thing. So, Kiralee, you were living in New South Wales, working with small animals. When you saw our scholarship advertised on Facebook, what made you want to apply to uproot your life and move all the way to the Northern Territory to work with cattle? It's a pretty big difference from what you were doing before. Yeah, it is. Um, when I was growing up, my grandfather had an Angus farm in New South Wales and I really enjoyed um, really enjoyed 
growing up there as a kid. So I saw the scholarship come up and I just thought, why not? I suppose the other thing is a lot of people think that when you start a career or a, or a new job, most people get into something when they're quite young, but you are 25, which relatively speaking, you're still quite young in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> but for people who want to start, you know, want to have a career change and do something like going out to a station, technically that's a bit older than what, you know, a lot of people do this coming out of school. So how did you feel about doing that, being a little bit older than what everyone else usually is? Yeah, I, I was a bit worried. Um, but nowadays people change careers so like so often. My next door neighbour is 45 and she's at uni becoming a nurse so I thought I guess if you have the right attitude it doesn't really matter starting a new career at 25. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, how did it feel packing up and moving across the country? Like can you tell me about your trip over and, and what you're feeling? Yeah it was pretty overwhelming leaving my family and my friends and my pets at home but um yeah, and I didn't know anybody up here, so it was scary, but at the same time, it was really exciting. So can you tell me a little bit about your time at the Rural College and what it was like being out there? Yeah, so we um, stayed at the Rural College for six weeks. We all stayed on campus um, in the dorm rooms there. Um, we all had our own little room and shared bathroom and a nice little common area with a telly and that kind of thing in it. Um, breakfast was at seven seven o'clock, so we'd all um, head over for brekkie every morning, um, and then class started at eight. So we had a little bit of time before um, class started to go back and you know put your boots on and brush your teeth and that kind of thing. There was a theory section, so they have the classrooms there, and a couple of days a week we'd sit in the classroom for a while and do a bit of theory, but that was all right because we. Um, do it when it was really hot so we'd all sit in the air con so that wasn't too bad at all <laughs> there was cattle yards they had two set of cattle yards one um kind of at the at the campus and then there was another set in a paddock um they have a workshop where they do the servicing and maintenance of their vehicles and atvs um the quads and that kind of thing and they have um a set of stables there as well which um the horses that we used while we were there were kept there as well. So the pre-employment course is pretty much a crash course introduction to working on a cattle station. It doesn't have as much in it as the certificate to it, but it does kind of give you an introduction to some of the, the more fundamental parts of working on a station, like working with horses and cattle, um, maintaining motors and looking after water points. Can you tell me some of the stuff that you did in the because you only spent a month at the rural college or six weeks, sorry, and then you went out on a station, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So, it's, what are some of the things you did while you were at the rural college? Um, so, while we were there, we were our main unit that we probably did was feed and water horses. So, um, they have a set of stables there, and every morning, our horses well, the night before let them out in the afternoon back into the paddock so every morning we would meet at the stables um we'd all we'd all have a horse that we looked after while we were there so we'd go out into the paddock and you know learn how to catch them properly um bring them back into the stables we'd feed them we'd water them make sure they were free of injuries that kind of thing um and then like we kind of did you know spent a couple of days on each topic or a week or so on each topic. So we might have um, then gone up to the to the workshop and learned a bit about motors. Um, we serviced and we learned how to service motor cars, um, change tyres, that kind of thing. And then in the afternoon we might have gone across to the cattle yards and learned a bit about cattle handling, um, how to work cattle through the yards. Um, why we vaccinate the cattle, why we brand cattle, why they need um, meals tags and ear tags, that kind of thing. Okay. And so after six weeks at the Rural College, you got to go out to a real working cattle station that was not connected to the Rural College. It wasn't owned by the college. It's just a commercial property um, that lets the Rural College send people out for work experience. And you got to go and spend a month out there. So what was that like? Did you feel like 
having that first six weeks at the Royal College kind of prepared you to get out on the station versus if you just turned up there straight off the bat? Yeah, it definitely did. Like I had no idea what I was in for and that little bit of cattle work we did at the Rural College definitely helped. Um, it was, I was very scared when I first got there, but, um, you know, after a while, everyone, um, you know, everyone's been in my position. Everyone was just there starting out, learning new things. Um, the other people on the station were really helpful. They helped me out a lot. Um, you know, gave me tips and things that they kind of struggled with when they started. So that was really good. And so you were there for work experience, but were you a part of the team and expected to work like everybody else? Yeah, 100%. Like breakfast at breakfast time, finish the same time, start the same time, didn't have, um, you know, days off when they weren't. It was, um, yeah, treated exactly the same. And how, what sort of things did you do out on the station? Um, they were in the middle of preg testing when I was there, so we pretty much did preg testing every day. Yeah, so that was just a lot of time in the yards for you then, moving cattle yeah, through the yards? A lot of, yeah, a lot of yard time and I think we did a few days fencing. Another thing um, that I learned at the college was um, how strict meal times were. I never, <laughs> I never expected that. Like, I've never been to boarding school or anything like that like brekkie was at seven and you had to be there at seven exactly the same as on the station if you were two minutes late for brekkie the chef would be angry at you for the rest of the day (laughs) um same with like um lunch and dinner times exactly the same like if you're not there at the right time yeah you'd be You'd be in the bad books from the cook (laughs) so i suppose being at the college it wasn't just the the things that you got signed off for on paper like the the units that you did um like the cattle work and the horsework but I guess you kind of learn a bit about the culture of station life and like you said turning up to meal times on time like the importance of that or you know a lot of stations have a very strict rule that you've got to have a shower before you come to tea or change your clothes um unless you know there's exceptional circumstances um those sorts of things so yeah you picked up some kind of knowledge of the industry itself would you say yeah, yeah. Another thing that I always used to get in trouble for was um, not taking my shoes off before I went into the kitchen. <laughs> I would just walk in there and just completely forget. But just like little things like that, like you just like even, you know, just having a little dorm room with a bed and a desk. I've Yeah, I've never experienced that. I've always, you know, had my own room and you just walk out and there's a the lounge room and there's the bathroom and there's the laundry. Yeah, it was um, it was a bit of a different experience. Yeah, definitely. But I suppose, yeah, being in the in the dorms at the college kind of sets you up to go out on a station and have your own little room, but all the shared amenities. Um, after you, so you did six weeks at the Royal College and then a month out on a cattle station. And then after that, you got a job in the industry and spent the rest of the season working in the territory. What job did you get and how did you get a job? After my time at the college, I was um, lucky enough that one of my lecturers was able to um, pass my name on to a contract camp. Um, so I finished off the rest of the season at the contract camp, which was very, very different to anything I've ever done before. I slept in a swag every night. I went a lot better than what I thought I would. So we all had our own little swags. There was a big gooseneck with a kitchen set up in it. We, had a, we actually had a cook that stayed with us um, out on camp. Um, we camped next to a set of a set of cattle yards. We had like no reception, no toilets. Um, we were lucky enough that we did have um, hot showers, and yeah, we were lucky that we did have a camp cook. So when we got home from work and got up in the morning, the cook had already been up and made us, um, you know, brekkie and packed us lunch to take with us, and um, he'd have dinner ready when we got home. While working in a contracting crew is a part of working in the northern beef industry it is it does have its differences than working if you are directly employed by the station how do you feel that being at the college and then on a station sort of prepared you for going into a contracting crew yeah it was um it was pretty demanding work as well we were um up a lot earlier than we were when i was um on the station we 
did a lot of mustering. We used a combination of horses, bikes, and sometimes um, helicopters as well. Um, they were they were long days, but they were fun days. We had a pretty good crew, so you know, like you're working long days, like twelve hour, thirteen hour days, but the time goes really quick when you enjoy the people you're working with. We mainly we mainly did mustering and a bit of fencing as well, which was really good. Um, the things we learnt um, at the rural college when we did a fencing unit there like really helped me. I you know, felt pretty confident going out on my own and being able to fix a fence. So that was that was really good. So at the beginning of 2019, you were living in New South Wales, working as a vet nurse in your mid-20s, probably, you know, thought that that's what you'd be doing, like, you know, as your career. And then by the end of the year, you're in the middle of the Northern Territory, fixing a fence on your own in the middle of nowhere, you know, working on a contracting camp, mustering cattle, just it's a complete 180. Um, did you ever think that you'd be able to, that that's where your life would take you in 2019? No, not not in 100 years. <laughs> it's um, it's crazy how life, yeah, you just never know where, where you might be in 12 months' time. And so I'm sure there's people listening to this episode that have, read some stories on our website, listened to some of these podcast episodes, seeing the photos and the videos on Facebook and Instagram and thought, oh, I'd love to go and experience life up north. I'd, I'd love to go work on a cattle station, but I'm just not sure. What advice would you have for them? My advice would be give it a go. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you're 30, 40, however old you are. Um, if you're willing to learn, then people are willing to teach you and if you're not cut out of it, cut out for it and, you know, it doesn't work out for you, it's not the end of the world. At least you know that you tried. And if you didn't give it a go, you know, you'd be sitting there in another five or so years thinking, oh, I wish I wish I did go up north and see what it was all about. Um, if you don't have any experience like I did, the Rural College was a really good stepping stone to get into the industry. So we've just heard from Kiralee Thompson, who attended the Catherine Rural College in 2019 to do the pre-employment short course. As we heard earlier in the episode, there is one other course on offer at the college, and that is the Certificate 2 in Agriculture. Now, I could have tracked down another student to interview, but seeing as I actually did the Certificate 2 at the Rural College, I thought I would just share my own experience. If you've read any of my blogs, and I'm going to assume that you're all smiling and nodding right now, you'll know that I grew up in suburbia and didn't have anything to do with agriculture until I enrolled in an ag science degree straight out of high school. I actually didn't really understand what university was about. I just knew that it was more school and what everyone did after high school. I definitely didn't have an understanding of what my degree would entail. I just knew that I loved watching McLeod's daughters and I wanted to work on a farm. Little did I know that you don't actually learn to work livestock or drive tractors at university. Awkward. Anyway, as much as I love learning about all the science and technology in agriculture, I didn't see how I would ever get a job or be taken seriously if I couldn't do the work on the ground. For a while, I thought I wanted to be an agronomist, which is like a farm advisor, but I knew no farmer would let me give them any advice if I'd never driven a tractor or had a broader understanding of how their farm worked. So, when I was in my third year of university, I saw an advert for the Catherine Rural Campus in the back of an old R.M. Williams Outback magazine. So, I jumped on Google and looked up the course, and I saw that I could learn to do all sorts of things, including mustering, four-wheel driving, welding, and fencing. Most importantly, there were horses involved. As the only station experience I had was on a property that mustered with all bikes and buggies, as soon as I saw horses, I was like, sold. So, in February 2010, instead of starting my fourth and final year of university, I drove over 3,500 kilometres from Perth to Catherine. Looking back, I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I had never been further north than Waluna, which is about 900 k's northeast of Perth, and that was the station I'd worked on. During that trip, I thought I was driving through the biggest mob of nothing. Like, it just looked like desert. 
Little did I know that I was driving past the turnoff to many of my future friends' homes. All the signs for different stations meant nothing to me, but now I know who belongs to almost all of them along the highway, and I've been to many of them. My dad and I drove up during the wet season, and I didn't even know what the wet season was. I remember driving my good old Ford Falcon between Broome and Fitzroy Crossing, and I saw this big dark cloud up ahead. As we drove under the rain cloud, the rain was just pouring down. It was raining so heavy and there was so much water on the road. I had like no visibility. I could only see two of those little white dashes ahead of me. I had so much anxiety. Like I grew up in Perth where we only get winter rain. So I was like, A, why is it raining in like February? And then I was like, B, oh my God, this, I've never seen this much rain in my life. Like I don't know how to drive in this. I was just I was panicking basically. And I remember leaning across and trying to wake up my dad who was sleeping in the passenger seat. I was like, dad, dad, like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know if, can we drive in this? I think like there's too much water on the road. Like I was just so worried. And looking back, all I can do is laugh because it really wasn't that bad. And I've driven in much worse since then. But that was my first experience. And yeah, I just had no idea. Northern Australia was this entirely new world to me. I had never experienced this hot and humid weather before. The country was so different. I just remember feeling really overwhelmed. After spending a day in Catherine, I had to drive my dad to the airport in Darwin, and then I was all on my own. Mind you, I was 20 years old, but I was a very young 20. I was so nervous. I think to me, the thing I was worried about the most was looking stupid and not being able to do anything, even though the entire point of attending college was to learn. I'd done two short mustering seasons on a southern rangelands property in 2008 and 2009, and I clung on to that experience like nobody's business in an attempt to validate my insecurities and convince myself that I did have some sort of skill, that I wasn't a beginner like the rest of them. Ugh. I was so nervous to meet the other students. There ended up being about a dozen of us, and we'd come from all over Australia. The ages ranged from 15 to 22, and there were boys and girls. There were a few of us that were on the older side, and we ended up becoming really good friends, and even ended up being bridesmaids in each other's weddings, and are still in touch to this day, 10 years later. After having been bullied at university for being the only kid not from a farm, I was so happy to be in a big group of beginners who were not judging me for growing up in the suburbs. There was a girl's dorm and a boy's dorm, and we each had our own room, which had a bed, wardrobe, desk, and most importantly, aircon. The bathrooms were communal, and there was a common room, which had a kitchenette, couch, and TV. I remember us girls used to run into town every Monday night to Woolies and buy chocolate and then we'd come back and sit down to watch Grey's Anatomy while trying to convince someone else to braid our hair. It was like the boarding school experience that I'd never got to have because I went to public school. All our meals were in the dining room and I suppose it did take some time getting used to being offered such hearty meals three times a day. It was a lot of food but I soon learned that they feed you well for a reason. Ain't nobody got time to be feeling hungry or getting faint while doing station work. The certificate too went for three to four months and we were trained in a number of units of competency and these are nationally accredited units of competency. Um, so some of the things, some of the units that we did were uh, apply chemicals under supervision, install, maintain and repair farm fencing, fabricate and repair metal or plastic structures, which is welding, care for health and welfare of livestock, handle livestock using basic techniques, identify and mark livestock, load and unload livestock, monitor water supplies, muster and move livestock, operate two-wheel motorbikes, operate tractors, operate basic machinery and equipment, undertake operational maintenance of machinery, which was probably one of my favourite things that we did. I learned how to service a motor car and service a quad bike, and I thought I was pretty badass after that, and I was never, ever going to have to go back to the mechanics. Definitely still go back to the mechanics. 
Anyway, um, also operate vehicles, uh, operate quad bikes, operate in isolated and remote situations, participate in workplace communications. Oh, God, I wish every workplace made you do that. Um, so important, guys. Communication is everything. And then also operate a four-wheel drive on unsealed roads. So basically four-wheel driving. Each unit had a certain number of hours allocated to it, usually about 20 to 30 hours per unit, but some were closer to 60. And we had a booklet for each unit, um, which all all the booklets lived in a big f- folder. And um, I think I've still got that somewhere. And we would have some sessions in the classroom, which was an absolute godsend when it was like super hot outside and we got to go sit in the aircon. But then we would go out on the campus, which was several thousand acres and had everything that we needed. There was horse stables and yards, an arena, a workshop or a couple of workshops, um, cattle yards, paddocks, like smaller paddocks, big paddocks, laneways, you know, trucking ramps. There was a truck, you know, everything that you could need. At that point in time, the university also actually owned a station a couple of hours south. So we spent a fair bit of time down there too. My understanding is that now that they don't own that station anymore, the certificate too includes two month-long blocks of work experience on commercial cattle stations. But at the end of the day, like they also have everything you need on the campus. The reason I am such a huge supporter of the Rural College and the courses it offers is because it provides a safe learning environment. And I don't just mean safe as in you won't get injured, but safe as in there's no silly questions. You can make mistakes and it's not the end of the world. And there just isn't that added pressure because you're not getting paid. Now, I have to say plenty of people go to work on stations with little experience and just learn on the job. And that suits some employers and employees just fine. But, and I can really only speak on behalf of my own experience, I suppose I have that personality where I really want to get things right. I really want to be good at things. And sometimes it takes me a hot minute to learn how to do something. So what I loved about being at the college was that because I wasn't an employee and because I wasn't being paid, I could take that extra time to ask questions and practice a skill over and over again, which was especially important in the welding workshop and when I was learning to shoe horses, because that definitely took me a hot minute to pick up those skills. Now, if I had been employed somewhere, at the end of the day, a business is paying you to be productive and contribute to the productivity of that business. So the time you spend learning and practicing things is kind of lost productivity for that business. In saying that, I think every station provides all employees, no matter what skill level they have, some sort of training because they have their own ways of doing things. However, having that foundation knowledge makes a huge difference. It's one thing to train somebody who's got some background and some some level of skill in an area. And it's a whole nother ball game if you train somebody who is completely green with absolutely no experience. The other thing I loved was the opportunities to learn about the culture of the industry. And this isn't something that the course advertises, but it's just kind of like an added bonus that you pick up along the way. Like I rocked up to college with steel cap boots King G work shirts and shorts and target jeans. Now, I'm not saying that you can't wear any of that stuff, but really, I'd never even heard of RB Sellers or Ariat before. I remember when the CPC first year jackeries and jewelries turned up for their 10 day induction course. Um, so CPC takes all their first years before they send them out to their stations. They send them to the rural college for 10 days. So they all have the same basic level of training. And all the girls are wearing RB Seller shirts, Canterbury shorts, Ariat boots and pearl earrings. It was like some kind of uniform that I had no idea about. And I was like, is that what I'm supposed to be wearing? Is that like a thing? Like, why don't I look like them? And, you know, their stuff looks much more appropriate for the, you know, I kind of look like I'd walked off a building construction site and they definitely looked more like they belonged on a cattle station. Now, I know that sounds so superficial and silly. And at the end of the day, like, you don't have to buy, like be wearing the brands, you know, as long as you're wearing sun safe clothes, you're fine. But I don't know, sometimes it's those little bits and pieces of information that, I mean, they can help you. Like, 
no, I would not be needing my flannelette shirts. I should not have patched my clothing according to an episode of McLeod's Daughters. You know, this is an entirely different industry. This is not McLeod's Daughters. Um, and it wasn't just about learning new information, but also breaking down those misconceptions I had about station life, which I suppose I'd really gotten from, at that point in time, magazines and TV. Um you know, there's misconceptions about what station life was, what the work was like, and what the industry was like. Another thing is, I guess, if you get there and decide it's not for you, then there's no harm. You don't have to quit your job because you're not employed. So it's kind of like a try before you buy. Anyway, I hope that makes sense and that I didn't sound like too much of a goose, but I just think there's so many good aspects to studying at the Royal College before going to work on a station, but I'm in no way saying that everyone has to do it. By the time I left the Royal College, I felt like I knew enough about station life and the work involved, including the culture and climate, to know what I was getting myself into. I felt confident that when I next went out to a station and someone told me to go fix that fence, I knew what the tools were that I needed. And I knew how to actually cut the fence and put it back together again and twist the wire in the correct way. Or, you know, if I went out driving on a station and came across some rough country or sandy country, you know, I knew how to handle a motor car properly. Or, you know, that I could work on the branding cradle. And if somebody told me to go get that MIG welder from the workshop, I actually knew what a MIG, MIG welder was. So really what I'm trying to say is that after going to the rural college, I felt prepared. And preparation is everything. This episode is sponsored by Resource Consulting Services, Australia's leading provider of holistic, regenerative farm business education and advisory services. The Grazing for Profit School has been delivered in every Australian state to more than 5,500 farmers, empowering them to increase profit, lift the health and production of their land, improve relationships in their business and enhance their work-life balance. Learn more at rcsaustralia.com.au. So now you've heard about the Rural College and a couple of experiences there and what is on offer. So hopefully you're listening to this really soon because on the 9th of March 2020, applications for both the pre-employment program and the Certificate 2 in Rural Operations close. And Central Station is going to be offering not one, but two scholarships this year, one for the pre-employment program and one for the Certificate 2 in Rural Operations. We couldn't do this on our own. We've partnered with two wonderful businesses who are keen to help us support and keen to support the next generation of people working in the pastoral industry. The first scholarship is being supported by Ariat Australia and Just Country. Just Country Australia offers a range of leading brands for working on the land. Just Country offers work shirts designed for hard work, Somebody hats for UPF 50 plus protection, as well as Ariat performance footwear and apparel. If you want to know more, just visit justcountry.com.au or ariat.com.au to shop or find a retailer today. And if you're not aware, Just Country only launched their website recently, so make sure you head over and have a look at it. The other business that is going to be supporting the scholarships is Phoenix Insurance Brokers. Phoenix Insurance Brokers provides insurance advice to businesses of any size, including companies, partnerships, sole traders, associations and individuals in Western Australia. They have offices in Broome, Perth and Bustleton, and you can call them on 9367 7399 or simply search them on Google and you'll come across their website. So it is with the help of Just Country Australia, Aria Australia and Phoenix Insurance Brokers that we are able to offer two scholarships because it's so important to us and to our sponsors that we encourage people and support them to get into the pastoral industry and we are a big uh, supporter of people getting professional training and getting, you know, signed off for the skills that they have and having that piece of paper. Not saying that everyone needs it, but I think it's certainly... You know, sometimes perhaps people don't feel as professional in this industry because, as we said earlier, you know, you don't need qualifications, but you can get qualifications. So we would really like to support people who would like to do that. Okay, so how do you apply for the scholarship? 
head to our website, so centralstation.net.au forward slash scholarship, and we will have some details there. So we will need people to write a short application explaining, you know, telling us why we should pick you and why we should support you to attend one of these two courses. And you will also need to enroll in the course. So as I mentioned, we're going to have one scholarship for each of the programs on offer. The pre-employment program will be to the value of $1,600 to cover course fees, and there will be a $500 gift voucher to Just Country and Area Australia, so you can get yourself decked out with a hat, shirt, boots, jeans, whatever you need. The Certificate 2 in Rural Operations Scholarship will cover course fees up into the cost of $2,000, and that will also include a $1,000 voucher to Just Country and Area Australia, so you can make sure you've got plenty of gear to get ready to go out and work on a station. Now, with all things, there are, of course, a few terms and conditions. This is a reimbursement scholarship, so the successful applicants are required to pay for their own course fees up front, and upon a successful completion of the course, whichever one they're doing, and they and the college or the applicant can provide us a certificate of completion and a receipt for their course fees, we will reimburse that cost up into the value of each scholarship. So that's how that works. So what are you waiting for? Get on over to centralstation.net.au so you can find out how to enter. And uh, if you think you know anybody who may suit this, let us know. As you heard from Kiralee before, she took a huge chance applying for our scholarship last year and it's completely put her on a different path in life. So if you want to have a, have a go, now's the time, guys. There are currently over 1,100 compelling true stories on centralstation.net.au, which will open your eyes to what life in the outback is really like and why many wouldn't live anywhere else. There are yarns from station managers, ringers, cooks, govies, pilots, vets and more, told with humour, self-deprecation and pride in a job well done. There are tales of working in stock camps, mustering cattle and how education and socialisation works in some of the most remote parts of Australia. There's stories about the wonder of living in an amazing landscape, but also the perils that come with flood, fire and drought. And there's stories about the inherent danger of living in isolation, including times when the flying doctor has come to the rescue. These stories paint a vivid picture of outback life, the good, the bad, and the dusty.